All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2, God willing, we'll be hearing the message, delivered from a dark road. When I came in tonight, uh, Brother Shepherd saw the title of the message on the church internet campus. He looked over at little Esther. He said, Esther, are you ready to be delivered from a dark road tonight? So hopefully we can get that accomplished tonight. Proverbs chapter 2, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 12 and 13 tonight. The past couple of weeks, uh, Solomon has been teaching us about the safe, the righteous, well thought out and, and fruitful paths that God has paid for us to travel with his word. And I told you last week that Solomon is now going to begin Telling us about those people who refuse to walk the path that God's laid out for them. In verse 11 last week, Solomon said, if you walk the paths that God has laid out for you, then look in verse 11, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. In other words, if we follow what God has rendered to be right and wrong in the Bible. If we stick with that right path that God's told us, we avoid what he says is wrong in the scriptures, and we walk in the understanding of his teachings, then those teachings will serve as a great protection in our lives. And now as we move forward into verse 12, Solomon is going to explain what exactly we will be protected from. He says, God has given us these Proverbs, look now in verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Now, if you take your pens, please, and underscore in verse 12, the words, the way, the way. Now, remember, Solomon has been talking to us about the paths that God has given us to travel. And the word way here. What you just underline, it means a road or a path. Now, if you look back with me in verse 8, where we studied at on a previous Wednesday night, the Bible says, He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way, that's what we just underlined in our verse tonight, of His saints. So Solomon is showing us here that God's saints have a way or a road, a path, that God's given them to travel. But the evil man, on the other hand, also has a way that he travels. Okay? Look back in the text. He says, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. The evil man has a way that he travels. Uh, wicked people aren't simply wandering around aimlessly through life. Don't think that's what they're doing. Now, they may think that's what they're doing. Well, I'm carving out my own path and all. They may think that's what they're doing. But the truth is, as God has laid out a road for his saints to travel, the evil man is also traveling out a road that's been laid out for him. <laughs> Please turn, if you would, keep your place here in Proverbs chapter 2, put you a bookmark there, your finger, 
And turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 in the New Testament. If you've got your uh, internet campus on on your phone, then Brother Rick will be pulling that verse up for you. You don't have to turn there. Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to look with me in verses 1 and 2, please. And we'll see what the Apostle Paul told us about the path of the wicked man. He says, And you hath he that is Christ quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now look here in verse 2. Very important. Wherein that is in these trespasses and sins in time past. In other words, before you were quickened in Jesus. Before you were born again through faith in Jesus Christ. Ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Lost people don't realize that they are walking a course that the devil has laid out for the unbelieving world. They're just following the same old path the rest of the unbelieving world is on. They're walking according to the course of this world, being influenced, Paul said... By the spirit of disobedience. They're being influenced by the unholy spirit of the devil. As the Holy Spirit of God empowers our spirit through the gospel to walk the good path God has laid out for us. So the unholy spirit of the devil encourages the unbeliever's flesh and tries to encourage and incite our flesh as Christians even to walk the destructive path that he's laid out for this world. And Solomon said that if we walk the path that God has laid out for us in his word, then we will be delivered from the path of the evil man who doesn't walk the way God's laid out for us. It's really quite simple. It's not rocket science at all. You can't walk down two roads at the same time. (laughs) At least not go in the same direction. As long as I'm traveling Highway 198 East. Then I can't be traveling Highway 175 West. Just can't do it. So as long as you are walking down God's road. Following his will laid out for us in his word. Then you can't be walking down the devil's road. So when we are adhering to the paths that God has laid out for his saints in scripture. Then we are protected from the paths the devil Has laid out for his victims. You see. The course of this world is full. Of unnecessary heartache. Destruction. And. uh, Much much. Sorrow. And death. And our obedience to God's word. Delivers us. From that heartache and destruction. And eternal death. By keeping our feet. In a God-ordained place of safety. Now, people don't like to talk about it. But as a Bible preacher, I have to warn you. That even though you are saved from eternal damnation through the cross of Christ. If you're a Christian. If, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior. Even though you may be 
Or, or if you trust in Christ, you are saved from eternal damnation through the cross. As Christians, we are still uh, very uh, uh, much have to face the real consequences of sin. You see? So you may be delivered from the, the damnation of hell, the lake of fire, through the cross of Christ. But even though you are, there are still very real consequences for the sin that you commit here on earth. Does that make sense? Okay? I don't want any misunderstanding about this at all. Both of these are very important truths. When I put my faith and trust in Christ as my Savior, the moment I received Christ as my Savior, I was saved forever from the penalty of my sin. Saved forever from being in jeopardy to the lake of fire. And I am on my way to being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ so I can live with Him forever. That's truth. But that truth of being saved from Hell in the future doesn't mean that I am not accountable and that I am not uh, in jeopardy of severe consequences for my sins in this present life. Does that make sense? Okay. Also, I still have to answer to God for the sins that I commit in this life and I will suffer Loss or gain of rewards depending on my conduct as a believer. That will affect me for eternity. The gospels deliver me from the lake of fire. But if I stick my hand in the fireplace at my house. Brother Doug, I'm going to get burned. I'm not going to say, oh, my goodness, I thought I was saved from fire. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? Bad actions have bad consequences. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. And if someone says, Brother Richard, stop. Stop talking like that. You're making me afraid of sticking my hand in the fire. Then I say, good. Because you ought to be afraid to stick your hand in the fire. Christian, God saved you from hell through the gospel of Jesus Christ. But don't be so naive to think that you can live in sin on this earth without reaping the consequences of it. I hear from Christians all the time. And they get so scared and so troubled when you start talking about consequences for sin. But I can't dumb down the consequences for sin. I see them every day. I see the heartache sin causes. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. David is in heaven right now. Because David's faith was in Jesus Christ. So he's not going to go to hell. Nevertheless. While David was living on this earth, because of his sin with Bathsheba, David suffered greatly on this earth, and his family did too. God chastised David, and God will chastise us if we're his children. David should have not been afraid of going to the lake of fire. David should have been afraid of the consequences of sleeping with another man's wife.
especially as a child of God. Had David been walking the path God laid out for him in his word, then David would have been delivered from the consequences of walking the path the devil laid out for him by sleeping with Bathsheba. Solomon said, the paths God gave you in his word will deliver you from the way of the evil man. Look back in your text now in verse 12, from the man that speaketh forward things. How we walk and how we speak often go hand in hand. Deliver thee from the the way, right, of of that evil man and from the man that speaks. You walk on the way, you speak the words. (laughs) How we walk and how we speak go hand in hand. Because people often will justify the way they walk with the words they say. Does that make sense? They will justify how they're walking with the words they're speaking. The evil man will say there's nothing wrong with his lifestyle. In fact, the evil man who's going in the way of the world, he will look at the way the Christian walks. If the Christian's walking according to God's word, he'll say there's something wrong with the Christian's lifestyle. He'll say the Christians are non-inclusive. He'll say the Christians are hateful for not accepting the sins of others. Solomon said he speaks forward things. And that word forward means he speaks perverse and fraudulent things. Let me give you an illustration. Today, if a man announces to the world that he is a woman, a man comes out, I guarantee you, Brother Billy, they don't get much more manly than him. We're talking about a man that in his heyday was lifting up engine blocks with his hands. But if he was all popular and had a bunch of social media followers and he came out and announced that he's now actually a woman. The world would look at Brother Billy. Well, I don't know what Brother Billy would be called. Billy Jean. The world would look at Billie Jean and say, she's so brave. Isn't that what they would do? She's so brave. When the truth is, he and everybody else encouraging him are so sick and wicked. They speak perverse and forward things when they walk on that way. You see, the way a man walks When a man says, I'm not a woman, I'm sorry, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. When he does that, he's walking the way of this world, the way the devil's laid out for him. And so the people walking that way speak the perverse and forward things. She's so brave. She's such a brave woman. They say right now, some of the best women in the United States are men. It's amazing. When a homosexual couple announces on the uh, social media that they are new parents and they show them with their babies, like Pete Buttigieg, him and his homosexual partner, they both just got brand new babies, a boy and a girl, and they announced it. Here they were, smiling like this loving 
family. And when homosexual couples announce their new parents, the world begins praising them and they call it a loving family. When the truth is, they're not parents at all. Nature has forbidden them to have children in that wicked relationship. So to produce children, they have to go get somebody else's. And then they have to pretend to be a family. It's forward in perverse words for those that walk down the way of evil men. Many years ago, when women started leaving their God-ordained places in the home as mothers and helpers to their husbands, I thank God every day for my wife. They began leaving that place because the world began saying, you don't need to be in the home. You don't need to be a, a, a helper to your husband. You need to go out and take your place in the workforce, climb the corporate ladder. And when women began doing that, you know what they began saying? When they began taking men's places in society, the world spoke perverse and forward things. They said, those women are shattering glass ceilings. You remember when they began saying that? They're shattering glass ceilings. The glass ceilings created by chauvinistic males. That's where it all started. That's how we got to where we are now with the gender confusion. The truth was they weren't shattering glass ceilings. They were abandoning the role God had given them in damaging the social and family structure that God ordained for society. The bottom line is this. Every day we all stand at a fork in the road having to choose the path that we're going to take. We get tempted every day with things. And the question is, will we walk the path God's Word has laid out for us? Or will we appease our flesh and take the path of this world? Y'all ever been to a carnival? And how many of y'all, young or old, have been to a carnival? You're walking down the carnival minding your own business. Because you... Want to go ride that ride over there. That big scary looking ride. It looks exciting. So you're on your way to ride that ride. But on your way. They've got it all thought out. They know that to get to that ride over there. You're going to have to pass through all the little games they have set up. And in those games you know what they have? Carnival barkers. And that carnival barker's job is to get you to stop on your way to your destination and to lure you over to their little trap and to talk money out of your wallet into their hand. And they're good at it. How many of y'all, now be honest, be honest, how many of y'all on your way to your destination at a carnival before have ever fallen prey to a carnival barker and had him talk money out of your wallet? I had several in here. Several in here. You know what you know what the word carnival means? What's the root word of carnival? Huh? We're carnal. It means of the flesh. And what a wonderful illustration of life as a Christian. We look, we say, ah, 
I want to do what God has me to do. I want to do this over here. I know that's what God wants me for li- in, to do in life. And so as we walk the direction God has for us, the devil has all these carnival barkers out here barking at our flesh. Hey, come over here. Come over here. Hey, win this over here. Hey, you can do this. I know you can do it. You, you know, and, and as we're doing it, we're walking this way. And suddenly we hear them. We start looking over there. And we look back over here. And next thing you know, we're over here. Next thing you know, we've lost our spiritual treasures. We'd handed them over. And that's what Solomon's trying to describe to us here. If we will maintain our feet on the road God has for us, then the man who speaks the wicked and perverse things, the carnival barker, the devil's voice to you to get you to depart from your path, pull out your spiritual wallet, and hand your money over to him, your, tre- your spiritual treasure over to him, your loss of rewards in heaven and all those things, your joy being full here on this earth by walking in the will of God. That's what it protects us from. And the carnival barker is the one speaking these perverse things, justifying it, making it make sense. You can still ride that ride. Just come do this first. And next thing you know, you're out of money. And you may never even make it to that ride. And you leave disappointed. Or, worse than that, you don't learn your lesson. And you go home with a big stuffed toy that's going to get in the trash pretty soon. That was worth less than the money you spent. And you think somehow you won. And it was worth it. Like a carnival barker, every fork in the road, the devil's placed people speaking those forward and perverse things to us. They're on the news networks now. We've gotten to where the news isn't even news anymore. It's social and mental and spiritual manipulation and perversion. They're on the the news networks. They're on the, the daytime talk shows. Women, I tell you what, if you're home in the middle of the day, you don't have any business watching some of those talk shows. They're wicked. The view, don't watch that mess. Turn that stuff off. It's it, it just garbage in your head. Don't watch junk on TV that puts garbage in your head. They're on the late night shows. They're in the movie theaters. Uh, they're often people in their own homes. Giving us the devil's worldly sales pitch and hoping to lure us onto his destructive path and shame us out of taking the way that God's ordained for us to walk. These are the people Solomon said, look in verse 13 if you would. They're the people who leave the paths of uprightness that God wants you to walk. The Hebrew word translated leave here has the idea of loosening yourself from something and forsaking it. Solomon isn't talking about people who, uh, who, who are Christians and then who uh, lose their salvation and walk away from God. He's talking about people who intentionally and knowingly forsake the way of God. Not believers. Like the angels that forsook the way of God in heaven to follow the devil. They forsook that way. In the same way, these people, they put away the knowledge of God from their minds. They've forsaken the concept of obeying their creator. And they chose instead to follow the lusts of their own flesh. I'll do my thing. Thank you very much, God. No thanks to you. 
They are not Christians who stray temporarily. They are rebels who've cut ties with the idea of God altogether. Or at least the path of God. They may be in the church as pastors. False pastors like in the book of Jude. But as far as following the way God's ordained for them, no. They've cut ties with it altogether. They're done with it. The path God has ordained for us is a path of light. And that path of light brings us to know God. It brings us to know the love He has for us. It brings us to know the salvation He's provided for us. And to know everything that is good that He has for us in mind. In John chapter 8, the gospel of John chapter 8 verse 12. The Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The problem is the wicked do not want the knowledge of God. They don't want the light of God. The wicked would rather pull an unrighteous blinder over their eyes. A while back, I bought myself a little neck pillow. And with that neck pillow, that comes little blinders to put over you so you could like sleep on an airplane or something. I got it so I could take a nap as I was driving to work in the morning. Some of y'all get that later. But, but it came with these little blinders you could pull over your eyes. And, and the wicked are like that. They want to take an unrighteous blinder and pull over their eyes so they can't see the things of God. And they, and, and they want to just walk through life pretending as if God doesn't even exist. That's how they do. So to their eternal damnation, they cut God loose in their conscience and they forsake the path of light. And they, they forsake the path of light, look back in your text, to walk in the ways of darkness. You see? In John 12, 35, Jesus said, He that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. And I found that statement to be very true in life. If you're walking in darkness, you may know that you're walking. And you may know what you're doing. But you don't know where you're going. And I've spoken to a lot of people about their eternal destiny since... I've been a believer in every person I can remember speaking to who did not believe in God. They did not know where they were going when they died. Every one. How can they? They walk on this earth in spiritual darkness. Because they willfully cover their eyes so they can't see the light God has for them to see. You know what would happen if they were to take that blinder off and look at that light? That light would expose their sinful ways and make them accountable for what they do or don't do. The light would tell them that they must one day answer to their Creator. They don't want to think about that. The light would show them that the path they're on is bad for them. And they don't want to acknowledge that they like the path they're on. And if they saw that it was bad, that would require them to have to change their sinful ways. They don't want it. My dad and I were talking about a man we both knew. He was a little older than my dad, and, uh, but uh, we both knew him whenever I was growing up. 
And uh, like many people in that generation of time, he went by his initials. Name was L.B. I won't say his last name. But his name was L.B. My dad knows who he is. We was talking about him the other day. And L.B. sadly had a heart condition. And his doctor told him that he only had a short time to live. Of course, naturally, that troubled L.B. to hear that news. My dad was telling me about L.B. driving up to Dallas, I guess, to go see a big-time specialist up there, you know. A lot of people think, well, if you go to a big city, they've got to be better doctors. That's not always the case. So he drives up to Dallas for a second opinion. See, an expert. And the doctor, who was said to be an expert in that field, after examining L.B., he gave him a much better prognosis than his doctor back home. So after he came home from Dallas, L.B. told my dad that the expert in Dallas had given him a 10-year guarantee on his heart. My dad said, L.B., how can a doctor guarantee you anything? And L.B. said, well, he can't. But it made me feel a whole lot better to hear it. In L.B.'s mind, that trip to Dallas was money well spent. But L.B. died shortly after he saw the doctor. Just as the doctor back home had told him. You see, putting blinders on and pretending that you don't have a heart problem won't change the fact that you have a heart problem. And putting the blinders on and pretending that there is no God and that there is no consequence for your sin won't change the fact that there is a God and that you will reap what you sow. Let's be real about this. It matters what path you walk. It may make you feel better if you can't see the danger and sorrow that lies ahead. So what do you do? You're a Christian. You know you're going the wrong way. You know what the first thing happens is? That book closes. You know why? Well, if you open that book, it's going to make you feel convicted for your wrong lifestyle. It's going to make you get back in fellowship with God. Well, you're, you're comfortable walking the wrong way right now. So when you're out of fellowship with God, that's one of the first things that happens. That book closes. Prayer life gets cut off, and you start walking down that path that you shouldn't walk. You just put blinders on, and we just pretend, hear no evil, see no evil, speak. We just pretend like everything's okay. There's no heart problem. But there is. And Solomon's getting real with us tonight. He's letting us know there's protection here. We love protection. But if God gives us protection in His Word, you know what that means? There's danger to be protected from. And if we don't follow His Word, we make ourselves subject to that danger. So it may make you feel better if you can't see the danger and sorrow that lies ahead. You can just shut that Bible. But it won't make your future any less dangerous or sorrowful. That's why God has given us His Word to deliver us from the dark and dangerous path of wicked men. To give us light 
so we can see where we're going and avoid the trouble that lies ahead. Thank God for His Word. Christian, keep that bright light forever shining in your life. As the Scripture says, I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'll hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. With that, we'll go ahead and close tonight. And Lord willing, take back up where we left off. Take back up in verse 14, Lord willing, Wednesday. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you, Father, for the great encouragement, Lord, of the protection that you offer us by adhering to your scriptures. To safeguard us from the unnecessary heartache and sorrow and damage that comes through sin in this world. But thank you also, Father, for reminding us of the danger that lies ahead if we allow the carnival barkers to draw us off the path you have for us. Thank you for reminding us, dear Lord, that who you love, you rebuke and chasten. So we're to be zealous, therefore, and repent. Bless these precious saints who are watching tonight, who are here in uh, attendance tonight. Give them a safe trip home. Bring us back together, Lord, uh, when, uh, Sunday morning, excuse me, Lord, as we open up your word again. I pray for your perfect will in all of our lives. Keep us from sin, I pray. Thank you that we're eternally saved through Jesus. But I pray that temporarily, while we're here on this earth, our joy will be full as we're walking in the fullness of your will. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.